Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast of East Cobb Presbyterian Church. I'm the Director of Student Ministries. My name is Jordan Ross. I look forward to sharing these podcasts with you weekly. These are talks and lessons and seminars given by our leaders, myself included, others on our church staff and in our youth ministry, and student leaders who give talks as well. We hope they're a time of encouragement, spiritual growth, and uh, just growing in your knowledge and love of the Lord. So we welcome you and hope to see you again soon. Uh, let me pray for us first. Dear Father, thank you so much for tonight. We pray again that you will be at the center of it. It will be an awesome opportunity just to hang out and grow close to each other. But most point, Lord, that we will learn more about you and that will increase our faith and our love of you. So bless our time tonight. And just may I pray. Amen. All right, so appetite. Uh, G.K. Chesterton is one of my favorites. He's just a brilliant guy. He's a just smart, smart as a whip. Maybe not, maybe not as fast as a whip, but smart with his thinking. The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Difficult because it's not performance, but because you have to die to self. That's what Christianity is. The following Jesus' footsteps means it leads you to the cross. Jesus died and gave up his rights, and that's what Christianity is about. You don't have to always be right. You have to love. That seems difficult because the world, what do we say about the beginning? It's all about you. Our culture says it's your freedom, that freedom is to feed your appetite. It's much easier to give in to your appetite, to get fat, to cheat instead of study, to take shortcuts. Any fool can do these things. In fact, living that way makes you no different than wild animals. <laughs> Think about it. Like our culture says, go do whatever you want. Do base your life off your feelings. And that will give you meaning and purpose and happiness. What does an animal do? I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat another animal. You know, I want to have sex, I'll go have sex. It literally, it makes, no, it makes us no different than the animals. Any fool can do that. If you want to be a man, learn about discipline. Learn about boundaries. Learn about putting yourself to work and feeling good afterwards. You ever had a good workout? And like your body felt good? Like it was a tiredness, but it was a good physical feeling as opposed to maybe a whole week of doing nothing. <laughs> and you feel sluggish and you feel like, ugh, this was a bad week. I totally just indulged myself. And I know what that's like, literally. I mean, I've had many Christmases as a kid where you get a brand new video game and you get back to school and like realize you spent the whole Christmas break like turning into a zombie you know, finishing and beating that game within a week, and you're like, uh, well, that's over. On to the next video game. Yeah, well, any fool can do that, right? I mean, how many 50-year-old men or 40-year-old guys my age who grew up with video games are still sitting in their basement smoking weed and playing video games? I know several guys in my high school class that are doing that. He drives a Frito-Lay's truck. Pretty cool, huh? Nah, he didn't find happiness. <clears throat> any, anybody can do that. Anybody can feed their appetite. The realization. So three parts of this lesson. The realization, the problem, and the fix. Psalms is a great place to look when it comes to realization. It says, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold, beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. 
Here's David, King David talking. Strapping young guy. Literally, like, if he was alive today, he'd be the UFC champion for his weight class. He slayed many people. Like, literally, you know, Saul was right, right. Was it Saul? If you want to marry my daughter? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. But wasn't, like, he's like, you want to marry my daughter? Bring back 200 foreskins of the enemy. How many, how many did he bring back? Was it 400? Or was it more than that? I can't remember. It was at least double. Yeah. So, like, he... he he literally went out and killed over 200 men and cut off their, you know what, and brought it back. There we go. Can I marry your daughter now? If David was alive today, I'd be like scared of him. <laughs> I'd be like, Ugh. Uh, but think that's the dude who did that. And yet he says this, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. It's a dry and weary land. There is no water. I beheld your power, your glory, your love, it's better than life, and I will give you glory. Even though they sang songs about David for his accomplishments and his mighty men, let alone slain Goliath. So a man like that is also willing to be on his knees with his hands outstretched and knowing that nothing satisfies. It is a dry and weary land. Back in those days, kings could have anything they wanted. In fact, his son did, right, Solomon? What did he have? 4,000 concubines. What's everything? Oh, everything that he wanted. He had palaces that he built. He had incredible knowledge to the point that the Pharaoh came and asked him questions about life. He actually married the Pharaoh's daughter. So, I mean, he had everything. Riches, intelligent. I mean, he was more intelligent than Bill Gates, more hedonistic than Hugh Hefner, more rich than Bill Gates, more, no, more brilliant than Albert Einstein. And yet, he says it's all chasing after the wind. Life is meaningless without God because your glory is better than life. That's the realization that we need to have. If you, if the way you know if you have found God is if you've developed a spiritual appetite. Look at David. UFC champion is able to get on his knees and literally naked in the streets among his people to sing God's praises and feel no shame because he loves God that much. He has a spiritual appetite. He knows God. So the realization we need to think about when it comes to appetite is which, what are you feeding on? Are you the, the pac-man of all culture says feed on your own feelings and desires and just without limits, without boundaries, freedom to do whatever you want. Is that what you're feeding on? How's it filling you up? It's never filling up. The spiritual appetite for God is what we need to have. That's the realization. Um, I'll, let me put this in reverse for a second. The way you know you're moving towards God is if you feel far from Him. You ever felt distant from God? What do I mean by that? Let me put it another way again. If you have a sense of God's absence or if you're dissatisfied with God's absence in your life, that's evidence that he has touched you, that you have felt God in your life. And I'm going to say, that's a good thing. I would rather you say, I feel absent from God than I don't care. Indifference. A longing for God is a sense of his presence. Or else, you wouldn't have that longing. God gives people who don't care about God indifferent over to their sin 
to the point where they become a she-wolf in the, in the woods or a male female parrot or a woman who takes an abortion pill on live TV to kill her baby. God gives them over to the sinfulness of their way of living and their depravity. But if you have a sense of absence from God, if, you're, if you have an appetite for Him, that is good. That means God's working in you. The Holy Spirit is working in your life. So the realization is we need to have that. So here's the test, uh, is to fill your absence from God. Um, the test for you to determine if you are experiencing God and making Him all you want, is there a deep longing and hunger for God, a feeling of His absence? And it should be a great comfort to you if you do feel it. Or if there's a lack of longing, a lack of appetite, not feeling His absence, is maybe an indictment on your walk with the Lord. And it doesn't mean that it has to stay that way. What did God say earlier in what I read? Draw close to me and I will draw close to you. God will answer every single prayer that has to do with his glory. By asking for his presence, that will give him glory. The struggle to feel his presence, to know his presence, to have faith that he will show you his presence, will make it, will give him glory and will help you become closer to him. Nothing... No, you don't get maturity by getting everything you want right away. And that's what happens in our spiritual maturity too. Sometimes there's a struggle. So that's the test. Are you experiencing God? Do you have an appetite? Um, there's a sense of incompleteness or emptiness or you're not quite there yet. Well, here's the, here's the funny trick. I learned this after high school. There's never going to be a time when you feel like, oh, I've arrived. I'm here. I'm spiritually complete and mature. I mean, ask the guys in the back. They, they feel the same way. There's never going to be a time when we're like, oh, I'm good in my, in my walk. No, we're always going to have something. We're not going to be whole until we get to heaven. All right. Um, so that's just the question you need to ask, the rhetorical question you need to ask right now. Are you, where are you in your life? Where's your appetite? So part two, what's the problem? Uh, if you don't have an appetite, it's because you're ruining your appetite for God with a hunger feeding on a God substitute. If you want to experience God, you need the discipline of appetite. <clears throat> so what does that mean? Um, any kind of sin will destroy your appetite for God. Whatever it is. Virtues or vices. If it's, um, it'll destroy your appetite. I forgot about the video clip I'm about to show. just chuckled. It's a comedic version of this, this metaphor, a metaphor for this. But uh, I guess I'll show that first. And then I'll get a little bit more serious. A bad appetite portrayed here. Isn't it? God, I love these fries. <laughs> Some so much when you marry them. <laughs> Can I have some? Um, sure, Cindy, go ahead. Oh, God, these are good. Uh, Cindy, can you leave some for us? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, obviously those all three minutes, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and David Spade all were SNL, top of their prime back in the late 90s, early 2000s, back when I was watching that stuff. And that was always a skit that we would quote to each other, friends, lay off, I'm starving. So bad appetite leads to bad consequences. Obviously, Chris himself is overweight. But um, what you put in your body will ruin your body, right? The same as it's a, that metaphor is also true spiritually. The more you put toxic stuff in your body, in your mind, in your heart, 
when you are weighed down by sin, you will feel distant from God. So those are things that are suppressing your appetite. So if you want to have an appetite for God, that's what you need to pray for. Lord, help me to see what these things are that I'm putting ahead of you. What are these sins? Maybe it's performance, maybe it's academics, maybe it's uh, the vices of lust and temptation and things like that. But whatever it is, Lord, first help me see it and then help me pray about it all the time. I want to have your presence. I want to have more meaning and purpose in my life because I'm giving you glory and living for you. So that's how you know what those God substitutes are. Well, how do you know what they are? Here's a quick question you can ask yourself. Your religion, this is a quote from Archbishop William Temple, your religion is what you do with your solitude. Your religion is what you do with your solitude. So think about that just for a second. What do you do in your solitude when you're by yourself and you have free time? That's an easy thing to ask or to, to tell yourself what. <laughs> Sorry, Arby's got me distracted. We're, but we're here. Okay, cool. And then Matthew just said, I'm taking care, take care of the jelly folks. I'm asking if he needs help. All right. So think about that. That's a test for yourself. What are you doing in your free time? Uh, what are you sp or what are you filling up your time with all the time? You know, maybe you're doing too much of. So this is, what, this is how C.S. Lewis talks about... Um, about sin. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition, when infinite joy is offered to us, like ignorant ch children who want to go on making mud pies in a slum, because we cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. It's a really good line. We are far too easily pleased with the mud pie when God's offering us a feast when we follow Him and the difference it is between being slave to those things we think are filling us up when God can give us so much more. So how do we enjoy God more strongly and enjoy that holiday at the sea? This is part three and then we're going to, this is real quick to a close. Well, the fix. Here are three Ideas you need to know that will help you change from an appetite from sin to an appetite for God. One, you cease to be a slave to a harmful appetite when you acquire a more mature taste. Ever ate like a really good cheeseburger somewhere and now McDonald's is trash? <laughs> I mean, I haven't eaten at McDonald's in years, but like, you know, that variation you know, continues up the chain, right? Like Five Guys is pretty far up there and then... And now, like, I thought Moxie Burger was up there, but then I've discovered Canyons Grill. You ever been to a Canyons? I just really love that place. So it's like, my, my taste has matured in cheeseburgers. You cease to be a slave to a harmful appetite when you acquire a more mature taste. It's like the child making mud pies when a holiday feast awaits those who know God. So what does that mean, David? Well, I think it means that... Uh you cease to do what you were doing and it's something that's like it's harmful to you. When you find something that is really good for you and you like it, yeah. you'll cease to yeah. and then what, and then Usually it's the thing that's good for you. The best, it gives the most fulfilling part of life when, is when you give glory to God. And like I've learned, and just how about a real simple example of 
You know, I was having a conversation with an elder at lunch on Thursday, and I found it more fulfilling to ask him questions about his life than it was to talk about my life. <laughs> like, you know, he's got a gleam in his eye, and he's smiling at him, telling me about his grandkids and things like this. And it's just like, it's more rewarding for me to, like, listen to him talk than it is for me just waiting for my turn to share about myself. Like, it just, I, I feel like I'm kind of boring, so it's just fun to, you know, like, that's just, it's more rewarding to be more, I'd, I'd rather receive than to, I mean, I'd rather him receive that kind of interaction. Um, so, I mean, it's just a small example, you know, the idea of serving as opposed to taking. All right, doesn't need help, good. All right, number two, you also need to realize that that transformation does not rid your passions just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you won't have worldly desires. Um, so that's part of the fix, your appetite. It doesn't mean like, you know, like the first ones, you've, your taste is matured. Maybe you've conquered, as an older, maybe guys that are older, conquered lust a little bit better. You're getting older, your sexual drive's dying down, but then you're like, you're charmed by performance or getting a, a higher title in your job or whatever else or stocking those 401ks or retirement funds and it's, it's, there's always something to take its place because because Satan's like that devil's like that there's something else so like oh you, you think you've beat this and you've gotten closer to God there's always going to be something else so you got to be aware that there could be other things um, number three your desire for something is unconquerable the only way to dispose the heart of an old affection is by the expulsive power of a new one now I'm going to give you a bad example but there was a time I was dating a girl, and I didn't, I didn't really see the relationship going where I wanted it to go and was kind of losing interest. And so I started hanging out with another girl, and I made sure that she liked me before I broke up with the other girl. <laughs> yeah, pretty jerky, huh? But it worked because I went from, you know, I, my desire was unconquerable. I wanted to be in a relationship with a girlfriend, and I dispossessed the old affection and I acquired a new one. But guess what happened in that second relationship? It was hell. Because <laughs> I put all my heart into making that relationship work, making that girl appreciate being in a relationship with me, being loving, being kind, being romantic, whatever she wanted. And God said, Jordan, you are such an idolatrous person. And that was such a horrible thing you did. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make this be a very difficult relationship so you learn how to trust me. Now what we do is to expel the, uh, to get rid of the previous affection is what? Fill it up with one thing that's going to not be like that. It's that thirst and hunger in that dry land that's always going to be quenched by Jesus. That explosive power is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Through prayer, ask God to help you. You can't do it on your own. Only when you are brought under the mastery of that grand affection which is your faith in Christ, are the old affections dispossessed. Um, you have to love something more. You have to love God more. Love is who He is rather than what He can do for you. It's not just that you want to get rid of this. It's because you love what He did for you and who He is. Instead of constantly seeking Him to add happiness and peace for your own life, it's, something, it's, it's, just, it's, 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 like, it's, it's a thing of gratitude. Like, I can't believe God loves me this much. He does have an original design for me, the way I'm supposed to live, not to indulge my appetite, but to have an appetite for Him. And then everything else falls in line the right way. You can enjoy food 
You can enjoy sports, you can enjoy women, but you're enjoying them knowing that God's gift is those things that he created and put on this earth. And it's not become the thing because God is the thing. So you want a closer, deeper experience with God? You love him for who he is and not what he can do for you. Let me pray for us. Well, thank you so much for um, this time with the guys. Pray you'll just enjoy. Uh, we'll enjoy the rest of this night and this little discussion we're going to have, and um, the talk that comes next. And just thank you, Lord, for just our appetite, Lord. You like it's God given. We have an appetite, not just for food, but for other things that you've put on this earth. But Lord, the problem is, is when we think that's the thing that will make us happy. Lord, help us to be aware of that. Help us to know that. Um, Pursuing you is, is, should be number one, and then all those things fall in place. And just my pray, amen. All right, guys, you got some small group questions. How about as a table and the, and the leaders, we can move up to the tables too and take part. Yeah, grab, feel free to grab some snacks and water. Now right over there on that table. Um, I think I'm recording on top of what you did, Jordan. What? It looks like I'm starting on top of what you had already done. It's not a new, new file.